This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of the Yard. One day closer to the weekend, one day closer to college football. We're going to talk a little bit about college football today. A lot of other things going on. We're going to address those, uh, kind of get some things out front, and uh, we'll look forward to the weekend. We'll be making the trip down to College Station, Texas, because that's what we do. We cover Mississippi State home and away, multiple sports. Matter of fact, our Justin Frommer is in Chicago right now, getting ready to watch the Bulldogs tip off against Arizona State. We'll preview that game a little bit later in the show. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun thing, right? I mean, wh- what are we angry about, right? It's so easy to get wound up in your emotions, you know, when you, um, you put so much emotional energy, you know, into college athletics, and you don't get the return on that investment, man. It's easy to get disenchanted. But uh, we're not going to sit at home. We're going to get on the road, and hopefully the Bulldogs can give us a win down there. And, um, you know, again, that's what we do. That's, that's part of being a professional is you go to the games even when you know you're going to lose or when you expect to lose. Now, of course, they can win this weekend, but um, not expecting it. But uh, that's what we do. That's part of being a professional is you, you go on the road and you make those trips uh, no matter how you feel. And it, it's a terrible feeling, man. Like Saturday morning when I got up and we're getting ready to play Kentucky. You know, I'm not a big Kentucky fan. And this is not a great team even by Kentucky standards. They don't give you a whole lot. They don't beat themselves. But it's one of those things where you look at and say from a talent differential, there's really not a lot of difference between us and them. There's really not. And for us to go out there and put up three points and really only have one sustained drive in the game and then have so many operational issues – you know, it's very disheartening. But when you get up and you make that drive to Davis Wade, and, you know, I remember a time not too terribly long ago when we felt like we could beat almost anybody. And we certainly felt like we could compete with everybody. You know, Alabama, of course, is kind of the outlier there. But, you know, we got some wins over LSU. You know, we've won down at A&M. You know, had some very good memories together. And I don't know that we're going to have any when we look back at this year and say, you know what, remember how that much fun that was, right? 
But so much going on right now, and uh, I've had many of you reach out to me and say, Steve, it just kind of feels like we're cursed or we're under a black cloud, and I can't argue against it. And I don't just mean in football. It just seems like every single day something's popping up, and you're like, oh, my gosh, man, can I just have one week where I don't have something to freak out about as it relates to Mississippi State? I'm looking forward to that, too, you know, and there's plenty right now to be upset about. You know, Stonka Burnside, Starkville High School wide receiver, uh, decommits earlier this week. It's not good. It's not good. And it's really, in many respects, an indictment on your program, right, that you can't get a Starkville High School guy that's been committed to you for months and months and months uh, to stick with you. But, uh, listen, we haven't put a lot of evidence on the field that we're going to be a great team next year. You only get a short time in life to play sports. So we have to make sure that we're more of an uh, attractive option for prospective student-athletes. And, of course, you know, we're going to take the court, as uh, Chris Jans told us on Monday, without Shaquille Moore. That's disappointing. We already knew we were going to be without Keyshawn Murphy and Tolu Smith, and now here we are, you know, three contributors, a couple starters for sure, that aren't going to be available. And granted, this is an Arizona State team that's in transition too, but uh, they should have the full complement of their roster to compete. So we're going to have to play well tonight to win. But every time you turn around, it's just, it's something. You know, there's, there's something. You know, we had the Makai Grant uh, injury in baseball. You know, nobody's fault. He only threw like three innings a whole fall. It's not like he was overused. It just seems to be a ticking time bomb at times with some of these pitchers, especially guys that throw high velo. But it just seems like every single time that we sit down and we're like, oh, you know what, hey, I'm a Mississippi State guy. Oh, well, there's this and there's that. And it's like, it's just it's so incredibly frustrating. It is, and this is our business, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's not just our fandom. I mean, we, we've kind of hitched our wagon to Mississippi State, you know, so we, we need things to go well. You know, we need you guys to be excited about Mississippi State sports. You know, because when things are down, people don't listen to the show. Things don't, people don't go to the website. People don't you – know, I've seen some people just say, you know what, I'm just kind of checked out, you know, for a while. Maybe I'll see you guys uh, in baseball, you know. Uh, I would encourage you not to get down on, on Mississippi State men's basketball just because of their Tolu injury. I, I still think we're going to be a really good team. We're going to be a much better team when Tolu's back. But um, And when that may be remains a bit of a mystery. You know, we've heard everything from around Christmas until January 15th. Uh, might end up being somewhere in the middle of that. But we certainly need him healthy and playing well as we get into Southeastern Conference play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I see the same things you guys see. I feel the same things you guys feel, and there are a lot of times that I'm conflicted. Like, I would love to be able to just, you know, be Johnny Q. Bulldog and just, you know, post all my rants or get behind the mic and just kind of, you know, be emotional, but that's not who I am. There are other times, there's so many things that you hear and you learn that you can't always share the full details of at the time, and you'd love to be able to tell everybody that. It's like, hey, here's where we are. Here's what I expect to happen. Here's what I've been told. You can't always do that. Sometimes you're wedged between a rock and a hard place when it comes to this. Uh, I'm a firm believer in, in being honest about things. <clears throat> I work a program of rigorous honesty, and I'll tell you, it's been a, uh, a very interesting and frustrating week uh, in many respects, but I think there is hope on the horizon. All right, let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I was in there last night for dinner. And uh, I tell you, that patio area was packed yesterday. As I walked up from the car, there were so many people out on the patio. I thought, man, it may be a wait for a table. Go in. There were, thankfully, there were some tables available in the dining room. And uh, Dana and I sat down and ate. And 
Uh, Ian, our youngest, waited on us. So when you're in there, maybe ask to sit in Ian's section, get exemplary service from the Robertson family. But I, I tell you, it's such a great experience going in there, no matter who's waiting on me, because of the system that's in place. you got some people involved with Bulldog Burger Company that know exactly what you're expecting. You want a quality meal at a great price with great service. You want a great atmosphere. And you don't want to pay a whole lot for it, right? I love Bulldog Burger Company. I loved them for a long time. And now three great locations to serve you. University Drive in Start Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harper Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Have those spring rolls as your appetizer. Last night, though, I broke the trend. I mean, I look so good lately anyway, I thought I could take a break. I got the chicken wings. And one of the things that I like about their wings, and I'm a wing guy for sure. I love it. I don't always eat them in public because I got this beard, you know. The last thing you want is to get some ranch dripping down your beard. But uh, I had the wings last night. One of the things I like about them is some places over-fry the wing and then just kind of throw some sauce on there and hope for the best. These wings are so well-made and so properly prepared that there's nowhere for the flavor to go. It can't escape, right? You put that hard shell of, uh, of breading on there and you over-fry it, well, then, you know, you just kind of got a bitter wing with a little bit of uh, flavor to it. I-, I love the wings there. So I changed it up last night. We split a six-piece. Had a great time. I got the Bryant last night with some French fries uh, and brought some home. That'll be lunch today, too. But, uh, yeah, I love Bulldog Burger Company. Go buy and find your own favorites. I got that. Uh, what did I get? A chocolate cherry shake to go last night. I usually get Nutella. Just kind of a wild day for me, right? Right? Because a lot of times I'll get the Mississippi barbecue burger with onion rings. But last night I completely threw a curveball at everybody. I got the Bryant, I got the French fries, and I got the wings instead of the, uh, the spring rolls. And that's the thing is, you know, there are some places that I go, I know exactly what I'm going to get because that's why I go there. I'm craving that particular item. But at Bulldog Burger Company, there's so many great options to choose from. You can afford to change it up and kind of experiment a little bit with your own taste because the quality of the service and the quality of the meal is going to exceed your expectations. Man, again, I love Bulldog Burger Company. Go by and support them. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right, let's talk about some unpleasantness first. Many of you are aware of a very ugly incident that took place on the Mississippi State campus on game day. And uh, the first thing that I'm going to tell you about that, uh, I, I don't care who's involved. It absolutely makes no difference to me. I don't care about age. I don't care about demographic. I don't care about educational background, socioeconomics. I don't care about any of that stuff. But when you come on to our campus and you endanger the welfare of other people, you have to be held accountable. Period. There is absolutely no place for that in society, much less at Mississippi State. That's one of those things that I, I begin to work through all the time. Is like the last thing that you want when you're out having a family day and you get you, your wife, the kids, everybody's excited, you got your cowbells, uh, everybody's got on their maroon and white. It's like, hey, we're going to go reconnect with our family. It's been a stressful week. You know, we hadn't seen the Bulldogs play at Davis Wade Stadium in a month. I can't wait to be here. And then to have that experience tarnished because of some people that don't know how to behave publicly. And again, I don't care who you are or where you're from. When you come on this campus and you act unruly, you will be dealt with and you should be dealt with. Got some inside information on this too. Uh, I'll tell you the, uh, 
the sources close to Dr. Mark Keenum tell me that he was absolutely incensed, that's exactly the phrase and it was used, and outraged about this incident that had happened on our campus, on his watch. And I understand that uh, he got some act right, shall we say. And here is uh, the statement from the university. And of course, this comes from Dr. Mark Keenum's office. I'm sure Sid Salter, our director of communications, crafted this statement. But uh, it is one of those things that has to happen. Conduct of this nature is not in keeping with Mississippi State University's core values of integrity, kindness, and respect for others. I have instructed our leadership team to take immediate and necessary steps to make clear that this behavior will not be tolerated on our campus. That absolutely is correct. Now you can say, you know, Steve, anybody can make a statement. Well, there's some teeth behind this one, too. Uh, we're making some, some uh, recommendations and some regulations are going to change. And I understand that, uh, that Dr. Mark Keenum has even said that, uh, I get in this secondhand, I didn't talk to, Coach, to Doc yet, that, uh, that he would call Tate Reeves himself about ensuring that we have more of a presence in the Mississippi Highway Patrol to ensure that there is a safe environment for fans uh, to interact and congregate and not feel threatened. And here's the thing, too. Right? It's important to understand this. We're going to have big crowds on campus. And, and sometimes it gets a little bit too people for me. And I get anxious. I do. And the bride will tell you that. You know, some, you know, going to Disney World sometimes is tough for me. It is. I don't, I don't, I don't like being you know, constricted. I don't like having people being shoulder to shoulder. It's one thing to go to a show and you kind of expect that. But, you know, when I'm getting ready to leave a ball game, I'm ready to go to a ball game, I want to do it as, as quickly and as expediently and safely as I can. I don't want to disrespect anybody. I don't want to bump into anybody or step on their toes. I don't want anybody doing that to me. So I'm always kind of hypervigilant about that because I don't want to ruin anybody else's time. Not to mention your good friend and host is pretty recognizable. You know, I go up there and bump into somebody and act like an idiot. You know, it's going to be on social media and rightfully so. I believe in accountability. And so here is part of the issue, the, uh, the, the new regulations that we're going to have. They're not suggestions. They're not recommendations. They're regulations. And this is the first one, I think, is really going to make some people upset. And it's going to make a lot of other people happy. No non-MSU-provided amplified music will be allowed in the junction. TVs and radios will be allowed, but large speakers or elevated speakers will not be allowed. Now, I got some friends who got a tailgate. They've been doing it for years, and they play the music. And, and sometimes, even though they're my friends, I'll tell you, sometimes it's too loud. You know, we're not going to a concert. We're going to a college football game. You know, the speakers are going to be loud enough inside Davis Wade Stadium. And uh, when I go to a tailgate, which is rare because, you know, game day is a work day for me. But when I, you know, I make my way over there to kind of, you know, glad hand and, you know, hug necks and that sort of stuff. I want to be able to have a conversation with friends that really the only time I see them is when they're here on game day. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so you've got some people out there that have played a lot of music. And listen, I'm a music guy, right? I'm a guy that blares music every day. Matter of fact, as I was getting the top 10 list today, we're jamming. Me and these three dogs up here, we're rolling. But I'm not disrespecting anybody else's space. I'm in my house with my dogs. And even though some of them uh, would probably like it lower volume, I'm not ruining your time. And so that has been an issue that has kind of predates the weekend. You know, that, that's something. And again, I've got friends that have violated this new regulation. And so that'll change. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that here in recent years, you know, they've brought some, uh, some live acts to come in. And I think some of that was to kind of beat some of the stuff back. But I understand from some of the fan surveys of game day, this is one of the biggest complaints. It's like, hey, man, we come and set up and we're just trying to watch a ball game and, you know, have some chicken fingers or some barbecue with our friends and family. We just want to be able to be able to visit. And we can't because our next door neighbors in a junction, you know, are in here acting like it's American Bandstand. And some of you will have to look that up because I'm old. Uh, But that's going to change. And I understand that basically uh, the Southern Miss game will be a little bit of a litmus test. Right? There's going to be people saying, hey, listen, you got to go around. You can't do this anymore. And then when we get into Ole Miss, they're going to be ranked. They're going to be kind of clamping things down. So you'll have this one week of transition to kind of understand because you know, not everybody reads. They don't keep up with it. There's always those people, too, that think the rules don't apply to them. And so there will be kind of a grace period of sorts, but there will be a much larger security force shall we say there'll be a lot more people involved they're gonna walk around and say hey turn your music down and i know and you know as well as i do there's going to be that one guy that's had a little too many adult beverages that's going to make an issue and then there's going to be a problem and it's going to be addressed so i'm warning you now if you are a tailgater in the junction that has traditionally brought you know uh, you know, you know the Rockford Fosgate system out of retirement, and uh, thought that you would just play all your favorite songs with and without profanity in a public setting. You're going to have a much different experience moving forward. And I say that out of love. I'm just telling you, this is not going to be tolerated, nor should it be. And and I'll be honest with you too, guys. I listen to some music that has very much got the parental advisory explicit lyrics label on it, dating back to the PMRC. Thanks, Tipper Gore. That way I knew what to buy. Um, 
but I don't play that music in public settings because I know that not everybody shares my value system. There, are, I am probably maybe the person that is least offended that you know. I am very much a live and let live guy. It doesn't bother me. You do what you want to do. long as you're not impeding on my freedom to do what I want to do, right? And we're living in a society here. We all got to work together. But when you're working through all this and, and you've got your playlist together and there's F-bombs on your playlist, I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I can't believe grown folks would think it's okay. You listen to that music in your vehicle. You listen to it on your earbuds. You listen to it at a party. You listen to it in the privacy of your home. That's cool. I do too. But to go out there and to set up a stereo system and uh, play the two live crew out there where we've got kids and grannies and everybody else out there, that's just disrespectful. It is. And I'm not going to sit here and preach to you. We're not going to pass an offering plate around. I'm not going to hum just as I am at the end of the show and have an altar call. But this has been a problem for a while, and it's just disrespectful. The university's traffic and pedestrian life safety video surveillance system will be used to monitor activities in a junction. I'll be honest with you. I don't know why this wasn't in place already. When you have this many people coming to campus and you have people at times are going to let the alcohol flow, you have sometimes some situations where you know opposing fans come in and, and many of them don't know how to act and they show up on your campus and they want to go around and, and uh, have a little trash talk session uh, especially with students, man. We got some students who'll swing on you if you get stupid. Uh, and so this is, you know, I understand. I'm, I'm happy to see this. I'm disappointed it wasn't already in place. Simple as that. There should always be surveillance when we have this big crowds because you never know what may happen. I mean, you see things that have happened all over the country, right? So if it wasn't on, it should be on. I'm glad it will be. And uh, the, the main thing there is not just to protect everybody, but it's to collect evidence if there's, a, if there's an incident. And God forbid there ever be another one. But, uh, yeah, we've got to be able to identify the perpetrators here and hold these people accountable. The junction tent spaces will be reconfigured to provide additional clearance for the sidewalks and fans will not be allowed to block or impede pedestrians. Now, this was a big issue over the weekend. Now, and on jeanspage.com, there's been a long thread. And, of course, I get there earlier and leave later, so I don't have to... Uh, I don't have to deal with a lot of these things, all right? So I'm not going to sit here and have a strong opinion about that because it doesn't impact me. It's a work day for me. But one of the biggest things that we've seen on our message board, and this has been an ongoing conversation the entire week, I mean, people are just simply fed up, is about the sidewalks, how people will congregate on the sidewalks. Now, I'll tell you, one of my biggest pet peeves in the world of all time are people that impede the flow of foot traffic. It drives me crazy. And so when you, let's say you've been in a junction and you, you know, you've watched the early games and you've had a chance to have a meal and everybody's, okay, let's go ahead and move on into the stadium here and go cheer the Bulldogs on, and then you can't get in the stadium. And I've had some people that have shared with me their experiences and say that they got very combative. We're just trying to get in the stadium. And then, of course, some people left at halftime because they were disenfranchised about the ball game. I'm not going to judge anybody on that. And they're getting ready to leave, and they can't leave. You know, one of our subscribers told me he was there with his wife and his four girls and said he felt threatened. And so there was a lot of dialogue that was disrespectful and unbecoming. And so it's one thing for you to be in the way 
right? Because there's so many people that have this uh, very self-absorbed narcissistic quality where what I'm doing matters most, right? And, and that's, that's a story for another day, and I, I blame a lot of uh, idiots on social media for that. Uh, people have forgotten that we all depend on each other and are all are having the collective human experience, so we have to respect each other. You know, but again, I'm not going to get on the rant. But said, hey, I'm, Steve, I'm just trying to leave. Man, I'm just trying to leave, and I've just decided now I, I can't bring my girls back. I can't bring my four daughters back to Bulldog football games because I don't think they're safe. And it's got nothing to do with what happens in the stadium. It's got something to do with what happens outside the stadium. It's absolutely ridiculous that a family has to feel that way. Now, there are some people out there that are a little bit over the top. Yeah, but when it's your children, when you've got young children and you're just trying to go have a family day and you got to pick up, mom and dad had to pick up two girls apiece to navigate through this nonsense and then people are combative when we're just trying to leave, that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It's unbecoming, not just of Mississippi State, it's unbecoming of society. You get out there and you get out of the way. Simple as that. All right, the MSU will supplement its existing MSU Police Department officers with additional sworn officers from state and local agencies to ensure safety. Kind of touched on that already. And we should have a bigger police presence here. We should. I'm not saying that we need to be in a situation where, you know, it becomes, uh, you know, a situation where people can't be comfortable. But I've noticed this in my lifetime, and again, it's uh, it's much longer than many of yours. I- I've learned that people don't get quite as stupid when there is a police presence there. Now, I'm not saying that we want you know police going uh, tailgate to tailgate and doing the stop and frisk and all that kind of stuff. We don't want all that stuff. But we need to be there because sometimes just simply having the presence of law enforcement there kind of encourages people to think twice about doing something stupid, usually. MSU is a smoke-free campus for tobacco-controlled and illegal substances. Use violates state law and campus regulations. It's true. And uh, I understand there was a lot of weed smoking stuff over the weekend. And listen, I'm not going to judge anybody on that. I was a daily weed smoker for many, many years and uh, been clean and sober now for 32. And I can tell you, when I smoked marijuana, and I did, I see these kids today walking around with these uh, wake and bake shirts on. I'm thinking, kid, I invented that. Um, I had to smoke before I'd, I, I guess I didn't have to smoke, but I smoked before I put on a pot of coffee. But I didn't go out there to tailgate. And it gets kind of like the music. What you do with your life is your business. I'm not going to judge you for that. But when we come together collectively, we have to consider other people. We're like, oh, I'm going to sit here and we're just going to you know, pass a joint around at a tailgate? Are you kidding me? At what point is that successful? It's not Woodstock, okay? That's not, that's not what's happening here. It's not a music festival. It's a football game. And again, what you do in your vehicle and what you do in the comfort of your home or what you do in your friend's home or at parties or whatever, uh, baby showers, whatever you do, you know, I'm not going to judge you or the company you keep. But when you enter into the Mississippi State campus and you're around other people that don't share your value system and don't practice the same habits that you do, you've got to be respectful of that. Well, why are their rights more important than ours? Well, number one, it's illegal. Let's start with that. It is illegal. Well, maybe it shouldn't be. It is illegal. 
Now, if you want to change the law, then you contact your state legislator and you have them propose a bill and get it pushed through committee and get it to the House floor. And then uh, maybe you can get that bill passed and then it gets to the, the governor's office and maybe they'll sign it into a law. That's a procedure that we're going to go with because that's the rules that we all accepted from the very beginning. In addition to that, it's incredibly disrespectful. Incredibly disrespectful. And you know, again, as a guy that smoked weed regularly, I can tell you, you know, yeah, I don't know a lot of people that go get high on marijuana, whether they vape it or whether they uh, put it in brownies or whether they smoke it or whatever. I don't know. Or you dip it. I don't care what you do with it. I don't know many of those people that get violent. I'm just going to tell you, there may be some violent people that smoke weed, but weed traditionally kind of chills you out, you know. There's not a lot of people that go toke it up and then go start swinging on each other. It just doesn't happen that way. Alcohol is a much different story. Alcohol is also legal for most ages. But if you're going to get out there and smoke weed, I mean, it's, I can't, it's so incredibly disrespectful. And again, that's what so much of this about is just simply being respectful of your fellow Bulldog fans and your neighbors around you in the junction. Violators who refuse to comply with these and other game day rules are subject to removal without ticket refund and prosecution. Now, speaking of prosecution, now, I haven't confirmed this, but I've been told this, that uh, of the seven arrests over the weekend that the university has shared with appropriate authorities that they do are not interested in a plea deal. They want the people prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Now, I'm a firm believer in that too, you know, and, and I'm a guy too that's been held accountable. I'm also a guy that took responsibility. But when you go into a public place and there is this brawl that you're a part of, whether you started it, you finished it, or you just were there kind of egging it on or whatever, there, there's going to be accountability and there should be. There absolutely has to be. And people are like, you know, Steve, we got bigger things to worry about, man. Our football team's doing poorly. Let me tell you this. There's nothing more important than the safety of our fans and our guests. At any sporting event, at any sporting venue, there is nothing more important than that. We talk about the game day atmosphere. We talk about, hey, we want to have these enhancements. We want to have the LED lights. We want to have... Uh, you know, an incredible experience. We want it to feel like it's something that is a, a, a can't-miss event. But if you can't go do it safely, you shouldn't do it. Like, Steve, I'm not worried about it. Well, other people are. And again, it's a collective experience that we're all working through. So, again, there will be an adjustment of sorts, kind of feeling some things out. And I understand that uh, the police compound is going to be much, much bigger. And again, you're going to see a lot more police officers. And uh, it's interesting, too. Uh, you know, I have not always had the best experiences with law enforcement. And some of those are my fault. And some of them were their fault. All right, so I'm not going to sit here and act like everybody that's wearing a badge is perfect because they're not. They're human beings, too. And there are bad people that go into every profession in life. But that said... I have typically been the person that if I'm just minding my business and doing what I'm supposed to do, then the police are just part of the scenery. But if I go out there and I start you know, drawing attention to myself and I'm doing, being all obnoxious, you know what? I'm going to get some attention from law enforcement. 
And it's not that they're hassling me. It's just that I'm putting myself on their radar. So if you go out there and you comply with these regulations and you go out there and you just have a good time, you're not going to have a problem. But safety is first. Period. Even before the quality of the competition, no matter who the coach is, no matter what your sport is, you and everybody around you has to feel like, hey, I can go to a game at Mississippi State and just have a great family day, and I don't have to worry about the safety of, my, of myself and my family. That should be the, the absolute bottom foundational standard of everything we do. Everything is built upon that. It's like, hey, when you come to Mississippi State, you're going to have a good time, period. You're not going to have to worry about getting back to your car. You're not going to have to worry about having to navigate through, you know, absolute nonsense when you're ready to leave a game or go to a game. It's tough enough as it is with these hordes of people coming in because people want to go support the team. And then we've got some other people that have just decided, you know what, hey, game day is a good day for me to go over there and cause trouble. You know, I'm just going to tell you for what it is, man. This is an embarrassing incident. It is a stain on our university, and I commend Dr. Mark Keenum and our leadership for taking some strong stances. And again, uh, you'll see what happens when you're back on campus for Southern Miss. But uh, there's nothing more important than this right now. That's one of the reasons I wanted to dedicate a big portion of the show to talk about these things, to help educate people, and also to kind of share some things that are important to understand. This is absolutely unacceptable behavior, period, period. And everybody involved has to be held accountable. And I don't care who you are, and there's been all this talk about, you know, this, this person was a student and this person was this. I, I don't care. I think when you do things like that, there can be no respecter of persons. Like, hey, well, this guy, you know, has done this or this guy's done. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All of those qualifiers are off the table when you come onto our campus and you have an incident like this, period. And I'm sure that I'm going to get some messages from people. Oh, Steve, you're, you know, you're just too old. You don't understand. No, I think you're too young and you don't understand. Or maybe, maybe you are old enough and you're just not mature. Because one of the things that we're not going to do at Mississippi State, we're not going to continue to allow this uh, behavior on campus regardless of age. And listen, there are a bunch of middle-aged adolescents out there, too, that still think they're college kids and think, well, I'll go out there and do this stuff, too. You know, I think you're going to find your fun a lot more tempered because what you define as fun is not what the rest of society does. And again, what you do in your home, your vehicle, is absolutely your business. But when you come on this campus and you are in a situation where you are impeding the time of other people, when you are doing things that put people at risk, because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of this, you know, life today is about perception, right? We always talk about perception's reality. It's like, there, listen, people look at me all the time. I got dredged down in my waist. I'm tattooed all over my body. There are some people that look at me and they say, you know what? That guy makes me uncomfortable, right? No matter how nice I am, there's some people who say, you know what? I don't know about that guy. And you know what? That's okay. I try not to get offended by that sort of stuff. Because I feel like the content of my character matters more than my appearance. But there are other people out there. It's not about your appearance. It's not about what you do. It's how you carry yourself. And when you get out there and you act all ridiculous and silly and, and you do things like throw hands and throw tables and things like that, why would he? Yeah, I'm not comfortable around that. I wouldn't be comfortable having my granddaughters around that. And so, yes, I feel threatened in that situation. Not that I'm worried about my own personal safety. I'm worried about theirs. So can we not come together as a family here 
regardless of how we feel about football and Coach Zach Arnett and what offense we should run and uh, if we should have LED lights or, you know, uh, the seating in Humphrey Coliseum, can we not just say, you know what, hey, we're going to come together as a family and we're going to ensure that, you know what, we're going to put all of our differences aside and we're going to go have a good time together and everybody's going to be able to go home safely when it's all over and done with. And, again, that should be the most basic principles of every game day. And, again, uh, thanks to Dr. Mark Keenum for some great leadership. And I'm eager to see this plan in motion when we get together a week from Saturday. All right, time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair is a mortgage professional. Recently made the move to Priority One. The same level of service, the same level of expertise, all those 22 years of experience and know-how of how to navigate through underwriting, that, that went with him, right? He didn't have to pack that up in a box. It's who he is, it's identity. And so if you're looking for a mortgage and you've got mortgage needs, maybe you need to refinance, I don't know your needs. Maybe you're looking to buy a home for the first time. It's a tough environment out there right now, so you need to have a veteran. You need to have a guy that knows how to get things done. If you've never bought a house before and you've always wanted to, everybody around you is going to say, well, you know, talk to so-and-so. Listen, let me tell you, when you've got a guy, when you have the ability to get a hold of Blair Chandler with 22 years of experience and top 1% close ratio in the country back-to-back-to-back years, uh, why take a chance on somebody else? You go with the proven performer. You go with the blue blood like Blair Chandler. I'm going to give you his number, 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. That's his personal cell number. You can call or text him today. Mention to him you heard about him on the Boneyard. Let him know because Blair is a bulldog himself, a season ticket holder in multiple sports, has a place here. Guy that's been around. Guy's a great friend to me. I wouldn't do business with people I didn't like and didn't trust, and that's where we are with Blair. I like him. I trust him. You will too. Again, that's close with Blair. Dot com. All right, we had some uh, interesting opinions about our, our Brian list on uh, on Monday. Yeah, our top 10 Brian's in music. And so I reached out to Brian Haydad, my, my friend, and uh, told him, in your honor, I did a top 10 Brian list. And, and uh, of course, he's very touched because, you know, Brian's a delicate little flower. And uh, to be thought of means an awful lot to him. No, Brian is my friend. And I hadn't always been able to say that in my lifetime, to be honest with you. He was right, literally right before I moved to Starkville. Brian and I became friends. And then uh, worked together for a long time at Bulldog Sports Radio. And uh, I was there when Brian got the call from uh, Will East, I believe it was, when they uh, gave him the opportunity to work for Super Talk Mississippi. I was there. It was me and him. And I got to see the emotion and the jubilation. And I was very happy to be there because it had been a tough time with Bulldog Sports Radio, as you guys know. And what you may not know is your good friend and host nearly bought Bulldog Sports Radio because I wanted the app. I wanted the technology and uh, made them an offer. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. And that's much too low. And they came back later and said, hey, no, 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 I'm done. You know. Uh, but anyway, very happy for Brian. And, um, and so I did Brian first because I, I'm a good friend. As I mentioned, I said, I did you first because I'm a good friend. And he says, and host. That's right. Uh, but anyway, and so, again, a lot of people reached out and said, hey, it's an interesting topic, right? And, of course, we've done so many of these top ten lists. Sometimes uh, it's nice to have a little bit something different, right? We also celebrate some great music. So that's the people said, hey, why didn't you do a Steve list first? Well, maybe I should have. 
So we're going to do it today. Steve's in music. As a matter of fact, Roy Samanti, our friend, uh, had this idea a long time ago. And we just never got to it. So we're going to do it today. The top 10 Steve's in music. How about that? Yeah. I don't know if we have a top 10 Roy list, though. I mean, I've thought about that. We got Roy and I joked about it. I guess, yeah, it'd be pretty rough. You know, I guess we could have Roy Clark, Roy Acuff. I don't know how many Roy. Maybe we got told joke with him. Maybe we can work in uh, Kill Roy was here, the, the Great Sticks album with Mr. Roboto. I don't know. I just don't know. If, I think it's a bit contrived to think we could do a Roy list that would uh, get listens. Hey, guys, this list here, one of the best lists in the history of lists. Not just in the top ten list with me, but, but anybody that's ever made a list of anything in their life, this one's better. This one's better. All right, top ten Steve's in music. You, you know where we're going with a lot of these. All right, number 10, I'm going with Steve Walsh. You say, Steve, the, the old quarterback? No, no. Steve Walsh, the former singer of Kansas, the great band Kansas. Really the inventors of American prog rock in many respects. Steve Walsh was an incredible singer. I mean, absolutely incredible singer. Uh, I, we've done a Kansas list recently, so I decided... Even though many of the songs on this list are kind of classic songs, I'm going with a little bit of a deeper cut with Kansas, but it's a song that was a hit. It's not Carry On My Wayward Son or Dust in the Wind or even Play the Game Tonight. Uh, but it's uh, What's On My Mind from Kansas, number 10, in honor of Steve Walsh. Okay, number nine, he wasn't with the band for very long, but uh, he is memorialized forever. Because he died in a plane crash. We're talking Steve Gaines from Leonard Skinner. And uh, Steve was with him for a little while. He had the one studio album, Street Survivors. So we're going to take a track off that album for your number nine track. It's That Smell from Leonard Skinner. Uh, Steve Gaines, phenomenal. You know, of course, uh, if you haven't been, and I haven't been yet. Dave Murray's been, and many of you have sent me your pictures. And before, when I was moving from Baton Rouge to Starkville, I thought, you know what? I've never taken the opportunity to go by the crash site. I need to do it now. And I didn't. I didn't. And now they have the memorial set up. I got to get back there and pay my respects. And I know it sounds kind of weird, but that's how I feel. I know when uh, they had the last big concert out there, Artemis Pyle came, former drummer from Leonard Skinner. Uh, but yeah, so if, when you're down in Galesburg, Mississippi, or maybe you're making a trip down south on 55, I'd encourage you, allot yourself a few minutes and go by and pay your respects to Ronnie Van Zandt, Steve Gaines, and so many that we lost from Leonard Skinner in that plane crash. All right, uh, number eight on your list. Not a lead singer, but another guitar player. It's Steve Lukather. And if you know much about 80s rock, and you know about studio sessions, and you know about the band Toto, you know Steve Lukather is a musician's musician. There are so many people that reference him as... One of, if not the best guitar player from the 80s, not named Eddie Van Halen. There are a lot of people that really respect what Steve Lukather does. And uh, many of you, young bucks, you know Africa. You know, but uh, before Africa came along and, and Toto was kind of a top 40 band, they were really a rocking band. And I'm going to go back to that. We're going to go with Hold the Line from Toto is your number eight track. Great, great guitar track. Speaking of guitar players and legendary players, our number seven um, Entrant today, a name many of you know, had a lot of hits of cover songs too because his take and composition of some earlier hits was actually a little bit better, a little more radio friendly. We also lost him. 
uh, in an untimely crash, a helicopter crash. That's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Could have gone a lot of different directions here. We're going with tightrope on our list today. Number seven, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Troubles, tightrope. Number six, and one of the reasons that I've got him ranked ahead of the Steve uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan is because they just simply had more radio hits. It's a Steve Miller band. And, uh, again, a, a lot of options here, too. I know that Steve Miller Band Greatest Hits album is uh, one of the best-selling rock albums of all time. And uh, Steve's kind of a different dude. Not necessarily a great singer, but uh, a guy that was a great performer. A guy that was a great songwriter. And we're going to go with probably the most rocking song in the catalog. It's Rockin' Me. Keep on rocking me. Number six. And everybody knows that great drum uh, roll at the beginning to open the track. So number six is Steve Miller Band's Rockin' Me. Number five, I could have made the case to have this band a little bit higher. But again, we're ranking Steve's. And you know, I'm a huge Aerosmith fan. So you know, Aerosmith makes a list. And they're, they're right here at number five. Steven Tyler, an inspiration to me in so many respects, uh, not just in you know, music, but of course in recovery. And uh, the people I have ahead of him, that's that's how tight this list is. I mean, we Steves are a very talented group. It's tough to differentiate between the Steves and figure out who's the best Steve. Steven Tyler, one of the best Steves of all time. But I've got a number five with Back in the Saddle. And that's really when Steven Tyler really kind of grew into his voice a little bit. Number four. I saw this gentleman play live last year. I think I was on my way to Kentucky. I think it's what it was. Uh, but, yeah, I went and stopped over in Birmingham by myself on a football road trip and watched Steve Vai play, and it was absolutely mesmerizing. It is the only show I've ever been to in my life where people don't make noise. Because, you know, usually you're singing along, right? Well, you know, there's nothing to Steve Vai's music these days that uh, has any vocals. It's just instrumentation. It's amazing. And you sit there and you watch this guy who, maybe outside of Eddie Van Halen, is probably the best rock guitar player uh, as far as when it comes to technical skill. And we've just mentioned, you know, Steve Lukather is the musician's musician. Uh, Steve Vai, of course, uh, was uh, in the movie Crossroads, Ralph Macchio. And you young folks, if you haven't seen that, you should, even if it's just for the scenes of Jamie Gertz alone. Uh, but there's the big cutting heads competition at the end that took place in the Mississippi Delta between uh, Lightning Boy Marton, played by Ralph Macchio, and, of course, Steve Vai, who represented the devil. They called him Scratch. So he was the devil's guitar player. Steve Vai, of course, had some, um, you know, had an album, Flexible, that is, is one of those things. A lot of people knew him uh, because of his solo work, because he was, uh, in many respects, at another level. Then he joins the David Lee Roth band when Dave leaves. And so Dave goes from Eddie Van Halen to Steve Vai. And that thrust Steve Vai into the national conversation. And then after he left David Lee Roth, he joined Whitesnake for the Slip of the Tongue album, which is an absolutely incredible album. And I don't know why it didn't work. I really don't. Because the musicianship on that album is absolutely crazy. There's so many good songs. There's no skips. Like everybody talks about, hey, well, you know, Slide It In is my favorite Whitesnake album. I could make that case. And then there's a self-titled album, of course, with The God of Thunder, Tommy Aldrich, Mississippi's own Tommy Aldrich. And then there's Slip of the Tongue. And I tell you this, 
If you don't know the Whitesnake experience, I encourage you to go and listen to that. Now, on this album, they covered a former Whitesnake song. You know, we've got you know the rule by covers here, right? When you cover your own song, it makes it brand new. The guitar solo on this is so spicy. Oh, my gosh, I love it. I wish I could play like this. But um, your number four track is Whitesnake's Fool for Your Lovin', the slip of the tongue version. All right, number three. Even though she's not a Steve, she is a Stevie, and there's no list that could be ever put together without celebrating Steve's or a variation of the name that didn't include Stevie Nicks. Uh, I would I would suggest Stevie Nicks may be my favorite female singer of all time. I don't think that's that big of a leap. I, I love that breathy alto, and I love how that uh, everything just kind of resonates. And when you see her put it on live, it's amazing to think that she could replicate that. She is just literally one of the most talented singers that has existed. And I don't think that's hyperbole. And we're going to go with the Fleetwood Mac song and uh, one that I think the harmonies are just absolutely incredible on. We're going with The Chain. And I forget uh, John McVie with that great bass line. So Fleetwood Mac's The Chain, number three, in honor of Stevie Nicks. Number two. And many of you are probably thinking, I bet Steve doesn't include this guy on his list. But you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. How could you put a list of Steves together with not including Stevie Wonder? Yeah, number two on my list. How about that? Number two. And I remember being a kid watching Sesame Street, and sometimes uh, Stevie Wonder would be a guest, and he would play. And I thought, man, this guy's incredible. Then you find out later that he's blind and uh, makes it all the more incredible. And, you know, we could go all the way back to uh, little Stevie Wonder with uh, you know, finger snaps, part two, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's an incredible performer. Absolutely incredible. But uh, I love the bass line to this one, and I think the lyrical content's great. The changes are just absolutely spicy. It's uh, Superstitious from Stevie Wonder, number two. And, of course, Stevie Ray Vaughan covered that. So another shout-out to that, Steve. But uh, Stevie Wonder, just an absolutely phenomenal artist. He dominated the 80s in many respects when it came to top 40 radio play. So many number ones. But number one, and you know, we had to go out with a banger. We had to. One of the best male vocalists of my lifetime. Probably not the best, but one of the best. And certainly the best Steve. We're going Steve Perry and Journey. That's right. You probably knew that. You probably said, you know, Steve will go out on a high note much like Steve Perry. That's right. We could have gone O'Sherry here, but we didn't. And this song has had new life in it in recent years because Chris Daughtry and Lizzie Hale covered the song and um, did a really good rendition of it. It made it a duet. But it's Journey Separate Ways. It's your number one song today on the top 10 Steves in music. Great list, if I do say so myself. I put the list together. I didn't write the songs or perform them. I didn't name these children to be Steve's. But uh, really good list here. If you have ideas for the top ten list, and we've had some, some I'm going to do a recent one Friday. I got a, somebody hit me up yesterday. Roy is double-checked. We have not done this artist. So we're going to do them on Friday. And I've mentioned on the show before, hey, Roy, put these guys on the list. We should probably do this. And then I forget to check. And sure enough, somebody hit me up and said, hey, you've teased this before. Do you think you've got enough? And we do. We do. Now, the wife doubts me because she's not really a fan of this band. She's one of these peripheral people. Uh, But uh, we're going to have 
a fresh top 10 on Friday with an artist that we've never done. We have mentioned them on the show before multiple times. They're going to get their own top 10 on Friday. So if you've got an artist out there that maybe you're curious about, maybe we've done them and you say, you know, Steve, I, how, how did you rank these songs? Or what this what, what were your favorites from these bands? Hit us up. I'll try to find the list, or Roy will. And uh, I want to always thank uh, Roy Samanti for his contributions to the show and all he does to kind of keep this thing rolling along here. And uh, Roy, it was Roy's idea in the first place to put him on Spotify. He does all of that uh, free of charge. I mean, his only payment is that he gets to claim that I'm his friend and he gets a mention on the show every now and again. And I uh, appreciate your, uh, your following Roy on Twitter. It makes it easy to find those lists. You can find him on Twitter and Spotify at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. Now, they have some cool things that happen there from time to time. Yeah, listen, you should go because of the fact they've got the best selection of Mississippi State merchandise. This past weekend, they had Coach Jackie Sherrill there for meet and greet. How cool is that? I'm in there from time to time, too. So you've got to come by and uh, you know, get a, a book signed or get a picture or just uh, shoot the, the breeze about Mississippi State sports. You can always come by and do that. But uh, I get all of my Mississippi State merchandise from Campus Bookmart. Go by and see them next time you're in town. Neatly positioned on the backside of campus. If you can't make it to town, or perhaps game day is not a great shopping day for you, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 absolutely incomplete. And, Mom, I hate to make you panic, but it's November the 8th. It's November 8th. Christmas every year comes December 25th. So holiday shopping days are here. Uh, be sure and use your promo code to save some cash whenever uh, you shop with Campus Bookmark. Again, that's promo code BSR. All right, let's talk a little bit about Uh, The Arizona State Sun Devils basketball team, maybe you're familiar with them, maybe you're not. Last year, Coach uh, Bobby Hurley, it was so fun watching that guy play, right? Uh, A 23-13 season, 11-9 in the conference last year. 10-5 at home, 7-6 away, and and 6-2 on a neutral floor. So there'll be no stranger in many respects, but there will be a lot of strangers on this team. It's a roster that underwent a lot of attrition. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, but looking at last year's uh, you know, n- numbers, I mean, they had some decent games, I guess, against top 25 opponents, but that didn't do as well as you might have hoped. Uh, if you're a Sun Devils fan, they did take down Michigan in Brooklyn, New York. That's an 87-62 ball game. Uh, they lose a tight one. In Tempe to Arizona, the, the uh, Wildcats were ranked number five at the time. That's a 69-60 to 60 result. And then they take on uh, UCLA and lose to those guys. They were ranked number five at the time, too, 74-62. I don't know if you can judge a team harshly because of how they did against the top ten. They did bounce back and get Arizona on a last-second jumper, 89-88. to 88. Uh, Later that week or the next week, Similar thing happened. They lose in L.A. to number four, UCLA. Uh, I guess that's the wrong game. Sorry. They lose 79-61 in that game. There was no drama in that one. Uh, They did have some buzzer beaters last year, including the one at USC. Excuse me. Got my California schools mixed up. 
In the Pac-12 tournament, they win their first two games and then see Arizona for a third time. They got beat pretty good in that one, 78-59. to In the NCAA men's basketball tournament, they were just like us. They were in the, uh, the play-in quadrant. They absolutely spanked Nevada, 98-73, and then lost to TCU in a close one, 72-70. And that's how the season ended. And so kind of similar to what Mississippi State did last year. And, again, a lot of new faces with this program. Uh, they have just five returning players uh, from a season ago. And that's uh, Jemiah Neal, who averages 4.9 points a game. And then point guard Frankie Collins, who is kind of the straw that stirs the drink there. And Bobby Hurley says he and Frankie have to be mutually aligned in every aspect if he wants his vision to play out. Bobby Hurley Jr., also on this team. Uh, a couple other guys that are kind of nondescript uh, that also are going to return. But uh, they had several players that ended up transferring out of the program. I think that's an important aspect for us to go over, too. Uh, they lose two of their top four scorers. Uh, Desmond Cambridge Jr. Uh, has moved on. He exhausted his eligibility uh, last year. So, so he's done. And then Luther Muhammad uh, was a guy that, uh, you know, a key contributor for them as well. And uh, Cambridge, of course, uh, now part of the uh, Summer League, or was part of the Summer League, and now playing overseas in basketball. Uh, they did have several transfers. Uh, Seven-foot forward Warren Washington elected to transfer to uh, Texas Tech, uh, so he's done. Uh, DJ Horn left to go to NC State. Uh, he's a guy, too, that uh, obviously was a long-distance shooter, 253 career three-pointers in his Arizona State career. Uh, Duke Brennan left for Grand Canyon. Austin Nunez now at Ole Miss, and Enoch uh, Bioki is at Fresno State. And so uh, had uh, against a handful of transfers out of there. Of course, uh, they only returned a handful of players from a season ago. So it'll be a new-look team. I mean, there's so much with this. I mean, you, you can go back and look at last year's numbers and uh, you kind of realize that, uh, you know, the bulk of their offensive production is gone. Desmond Cambridge was a guy that played big minutes for them, averaged 14 points a game. Again, he was a senior. D.J. Horn, of course, has moved on 12.5 points. Marcus Bagley, uh, 12.5 points. Uh, you know, Frankie Collins, again, the returner, the top returning score, 9.7 points a game. Uh, I mentioned Jemiah Neal, just under, just under five. He was a 16-minute-per-guy game. So uh, now we begin to think about, okay, well, well, who's coming in? You know, you start thinking about you had so many guys go because the portal giveth and the portal taketh. Uh, you know, what, what's next, you know, for Arizona State? Um, they did have a couple of newcomers come in, some young guys that are expected to make some plays. I don't know if we see much of them. Uh, you had uh, Braylon Green, who was uh, the number two player out of the state of Michigan. You had Akil Watson out of New Jersey, also a top prep recruit. Not, again, not sure how much they play tonight, but uh, we should have a chance to, uh, to see them later in the year. New additions, University of Louisville's Kamari Lands and Houston Christian University, Bryson Long. A junior college transfer, Malachi Davis, makes his way to Arizona, out there to Tempe uh, from Tallahassee Community College. And then LSU's Sean Phillips is a guy that we know well, played against him, um, I guess, two years ago. I don't remember if he played against us last year. 
Uh, but Sean Phillips is a guy that uh, should be a double-digit scorer for them. And then from the San Francisco Dons, it's Zane Meeks. And then Tulsa's Bryant Celebi- I know I'm going to mispronounce this. Celebagani. I think that's right. I may be wrong. But uh, either way, they've got some new guys coming in. And uh, Celebagani should be a guy that uh, gives them some help there in the post. He's a former uh, junior college player that made his way to Tulsa. Uh, he is pretty much a double-double guy. Their size worries you a little bit just because of the fact, you know, without Tolu. I mean, we're not the same team without Tolu. We're going to have to have some guys step up. Ken Matthews, a guy obviously that's played some at the five. And, uh, again, that's going to be, you know, about personnel. There are times that we can go small, but uh, when Cam is in there, as great as a defender as he is, you know, it's not always magic. Sometimes it's math. Uh, but, you know, again, kind of looking through this deal with them, uh, you know, Kamari lands – a sophomore from Indianapolis, Indiana, Frankie Collins, a native of Sacramento, California. Uh, Braylon Green, we talked about him being a number two player in Michigan, makes his way there from Southern California Academy, which is interesting that he's from Michigan. But he is a 6'3 guard uh, and a guy, again, that they're expecting to kind of build the program around. Uh, Bryson Long heads in Gilbert, Arizona, native, so he was basically coming home. Uh, Jemaya Neal is a 6'6 forward. Plays the three a lot for them. They can drop him down and play the four. A native of Toledo, Ohio. Uh, we mentioned Malachi Davis earlier. Uh, a Canadian. A Canadian. Uh, Alonzo Gaffney is a grad student. He's the guy they're going to need to get big minutes from. He's from Cleveland, Ohio. And we mentioned Sean Phillips uh, from Dream City Christian School out of Dayton, Ohio. Does that, that sound familiar? Well, it should. That's LeBron James School. So, Sean Phillips, a seven-footer, and uh, a guy that could really give us some problems. I don't know how we match up. I really don't. Bobby Hurley, Jr., out of Scottsdale, Arizona, a native of – excuse me, a product of Notre Dame Prep, Jose Perez, a grad student from uh, the Bronx. Andrew Mayock is a walk-on. They're expecting some big things from – he's actually from New Canaan, Connecticut. He's – it wasn't a big freshman class. He's one of them, and is paying his own way. We mentioned Zane Meeks as a transfer – there's Zach Marcus, Akil Watson, uh, Jordan Williams, Adam Miller. And so that's the team. And uh, there, it will be interesting to see how cohesive both of these teams are. Now, of course, we have been without Tolu for, you know, for some time. So our practice sessions and, of course, the exhibition against Southern Miss, you know, we've kind of figured some things out in that respect of what we're going to do rotation-wise. But uh, if you, for, you know, forget that Southern Miss game was nip and tuck. It wasn't like it was some situation where we went down there and just kind of blew those guys out. But we should be a very good defensive team. It'll be interesting to see what the rotation looks like without Shaquille Moore. I suspect that means that uh, you get a lot more from, uh, you know, from Josh Hubbard. And uh, he is a volume shooter, and he is a guy at times that can be really streaky. He's a guy that can, you know, take over a game when he's hot. In other games, he might even shoot you out of it just because of the fact that uh, – he is a guy that needs to shoot a lot to kind of find his stroke. Eager to see what he brings. Because that was the thing last year with Mississippi State. We just didn't have a consistent consistent performer on the outside uh, at the perimeter. And how many games did we have last year where we just needed uh, the chance to work a little inside-out game and we couldn't get it done because, you know, people were basically collapsing on Tolu and uh, we couldn't hold them accountable. 
So hopefully that'll be the case this year. We need to be able to make people defend uh, the floor, to say the least. And uh, if you haven't looked at your roster, mentioned DJ Jeffries is back. There was some discussion about him leaving last year, even some things that he put on social media that caused a bit of a concern. Uh, really need DJ to have the best year of his career. He's a guy that's especially athletic. He is six seven, and uh, a guy with some length and can play out there on the wing. Adrian Myers, a freshman, a six six freshman uh, from Stevens City, Virginia. And uh, Christian's talked about him this week. You know, and said so he's kind of feeling his way through. We mentioned Tolu Smith, Shaquille Moore is out, as is uh, Keyshawn Murphy, who was a six ten contributor. Jimmy Bell is going to have to be big for State. And, you know, we don't have a lot of depth behind him. So, if I'm Arizona State, I'm going to do those entry passes and get the ball down uh, to the big LSU transfer as often as possible and see if you can't get Bell in some foul trouble. You should expect that. Uh, Cam Matthews this does all the glute stuff, right? He is the grunt guy. Does everything that nobody else wants to do when he specializes in that, setting screens, to getting all the, the uh, hustle rebounds, getting on the floor. Sean Jones Jr., a 6'5 sophomore from Houston, Texas. Uh, Rams Davis, 6'2", 190-pound graduate student. Been with us now for a little while uh, by way of Oregon State. He's had a, a very circuitous route to the Southeastern Conference. From the Bronx, New York, started out at our Savior Lutheran High School, went to Trinity Valley Community College, landed at Oregon State, and then now Mississippi State now for a second season. Uh, Trey Fort. A transfer from Howard College, native of Jackson, Mississippi. And we mentioned Kashawn Murphy's out. Josh Hubbard, of course, uh, from MRA. Huge recruiting battle that State eventually, uh, initially lost to Ole Miss. And then with all of the uh, changes of the guard up there, Hubbard winds up in maroon and white. Uh, Harrison Alexander is a, a freshman from MRA. Montrevious Russell, a guard from Sipsy Valley High School over in Coker, Alabama, uh, sophomore Jaquan Scott forward uh, by way of Salt Lake Community College. Andrew Taylor did not play in the exhibition. He is another long-range shooter from Marshall. We're expecting a big year out of him. We need a big year out of him. And, of course, uh, the coach's kid, Isaac Stansberry, uh, making his way from Bowling Green, uh, Kentucky. Guy Chol, 6'11 guy. We're going to have to have him get some minutes tonight. Not exactly sure where he is and what his contribution should be, but uh, you know, just to match up in the half court, we're going to have to have him. And then Trey Jackson, a third uh, from Starkville, Mississippi, a product of Starkville High School, a Yellow Jacket, goes to Northwest Mississippi Community College, then to the W, and now at Mississippi State. Uh, so I'm not sure how much uh, a lot of those guys play, but we certainly need Andrew Taylor to be big uh, for Mississippi State. Uh, State is favored to win this game, despite the fact that Tolu is not playing. And I think, really, at this point, you don't know a lot about these teams. You don't know what to expect. And uh, with so many new faces, Arizona State may have some problems in the half-court offense. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Mississippi State returns 81% of its production offensively from a year ago. So even though we don't have our star and we'll be without one of our premier guards – uh, we've got some guys back that know how to put the ball in the basket. And uh, a big start is always important in basketball. It's a game of runs. Uh, you don't want to get in a situation where you're chasing the game and then you exert all your energy just to get even, only to uh, to see the, that team kind of catch their run and put you away. And that was the situation that we had two years ago. But if you go back and look last year, and this is why I think most Bulldog fans have such confidence in Christians. And for the most part, we were in every game last year 
you know, there were some games it was like pulling teeth. It was. You know, we didn't shoot the basketball as well as we should. Um, and a lot of that, too, was just because of the roster that we inherited and they worked the portal as best they could. But we just really struggled at times to find shooters. You had a couple last year, probably a deeper run. Uh, but, you know, you look at the beginning of the year, I mean, we just rattled off all these wins. And, of course, that really loud win against Utah early on, the win over Marquette, those were all very significant. And, uh, you know, State puts it together. And we, we finally lose to Drake. And there were some people that said, you know, this is not necessarily a good matchup for us, some people that are a little more basketball savvy than I. And um, they get us by six up there in Lincoln. And then we get into SEC play. And you remember, you know, we, we didn't have any favors, of course, opening up uh, with Alabama and then traveling to Knoxville. That Knoxville game against Tennessee, we got beat 87 to 53. That's really the only game you look at. And you say, you know, we really got embarrassed in this ballgame. Uh, even though Tennessee got us by 11 the next time out, that was a very competitive game. Again, they just had more athletes than us. Uh, the loss at Auburn kind of stung a little bit. It's a game we really felt like we should have won. And of course, the game at Georgia, one we certainly should have won. But even though it was a first-year coach, and even though it was kind of a hodgepodge roster, I think it speaks well of the coaching staff that every single game we had an opportunity to win. You know, we lose by three in, uh, to Kentucky and then uh, lose on the road at Missouri by two. And you remember what a heartbreaking deal that was. I mean, it just felt like, hey, we just got to find a way to make this thing happen. They hit a long-distance shot to beat us. It was pandemonium up there. But it's a game we feel like we should have won. You know, losing at Vanderbilt was never great, but we did. But, again, you just kind of worked through all this yourself in a regular season, the only game that really got away from us was Tennessee. And then, of course, in the tournament, in our SEC tournament, we beat Florida. And then Alabama got us pretty good, 72-49. But I think it's one of those things, too. It's kind of like how you feel with football, right? You want to be able to take the court. You want to be able to take the field, knowing that your team has a reasonable chance of victory. And I think that's what Chris Jans gives you. I think it doesn't matter what the roster looks like. Of course, you want more talent. But I think he's the kind of guy that gets more out of less. I think that is apparent at this point. I think Chris Jans is a guy that knows how to comprise a roster, work a game plan around what those guys do well, and give you yourselves a chance. And, of course, you got to make shots. But the reality of it is, is that we've got a good coach. As evidenced by last year, I think most people beginning of the year said, you know what, we're probably an NIT team. And then as the season went on, we got into, you know, some pretty good victories early on. You thought, you know, hey, we get an SEC play, you know, we got a chance, despite the fact we've got a difficult start, you got a chance to do some good things. And we did. It was a great first year for Chris Jans, and hopefully we get a good win tonight uh, against an Arizona State team that will probably only get better as the year goes along. I mean, that's to be expected. That's not breaking any news. But you get a win tonight, you feel pretty good. If you lose, it's one of those things, too. I mean, depending on how you lose, I mean, you understand you're shorthanded. And, of course, you didn't expect uh, Shaquille Moore to be uh, suspended for a violation of team rules. You didn't expect that. And we don't know how long that suspension is going to last. Jans didn't really elaborate. We'll ask tonight. Justin Frommer's up there. Uh, he and uh, Stefan Krasnick from the Clarion Ledger, the only two Mississippi State media entities that are attending the game. But they're both Midwesterners, you know, so kind of, you know, kind of going home for them. So uh, wish both of those guys the best as they travel. And uh, we'll have full coverage of tonight's game over at jeanspage.com. All right, if you're looking for accommodations 
in the greater Starkville area, look no further than the Starkville, Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Pardon me, just Google that, Stark Vegas Clubhouse. And if you book through the Evolve website, we're going to give you some incentive. Use promo code BSR10. Yeah, BSR10. That gets you 10% off your stay. No matter how long it is, just book through the Evolve website, Stark Vegas Clubhouse, Evolve website, save 10%. Now, if you book through some other agencies, you're not going to get 10%. You're going to pay full price. This is exclusive to Boneyard listeners through the Evolve website. Now, uh, Southern Miss weekend's coming up. Maybe you, you thought, you know what, hey, it's too tough to get a place this late. No, the Stark Vegas Clubhouse just became available for the Southern Miss weekend. So you need to act quickly. And it's not just for this weekend. It's really all the time. And so this is the former clubhouse of the golf course. It's been completely renovated. It is absolutely amazing. Two wet bars, several bedrooms, great living area, common areas, outstanding, big fire pit outside. So you can get outside and kind of enjoy being with your family. And how cool is it? Everybody can wake up on game day and mom or grandmom can make breakfast. And everybody can just eat right around the TV as you watch college game day before you head over to Davis Wade Stadium. It's a cool thing. And maybe you're bringing a group in a work-related trip, right? And rather than have everybody uh, fragmented out in a million different hotel rooms and all the expense that goes with that, you can keep everybody under one roof. Everybody can have their own private bedroom, but you can have some communal areas to get your work done. So midweek bookings also available. This is not a house that uh, you know somebody just lives in all the time and rents it out on weekends to pay the mortgage. You can book it whenever you want, provided there's availability. Again, at Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Google it and book through the Evolve website with promo code BSR10. All right, a little housekeeping before we get out of here. If you hadn't done so, go to uh, whenthebottomfalls.com. You can order the new book and uh, post to finish up production tomorrow. And then uh, they'll put it on a truck. It'll be here sometime next week. And I'll run down there and sign those books, and we'll get them out to you. Many of you have also bought some sports books. And at that website, whenthebottomfalls.com, all my sports books are available there. Flim Flam, Alpha Dog, Stark Villains, and Dog Pile. Every Mississippi State fan deserves a copy of Dog Pile, whether they read or not. At some point, you're going to want to go back. It's kind of a collector's item, to be honest with you. And then you've got your uh, smart aleck old Miss brother-in-law. You know, maybe get him a copy of Flim Flam. I'll even personalize it for you. Uh, but, yeah, looking forward to the new book coming out. It's been, a, been quite the journey. And uh, so, again, Production finishes tomorrow, and then we'll get uh, a truck full of books uh, shipped down here. Yeah, and then we'll get ready. We'll get that thing on the shelves, and uh, you guys will be able to, to hold it and read it and learn more about your good friend and host than you probably ever wanted to know. All right, a few other things. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the um, the NIL stuff. Before I get to that, too, let's, uh, let's quickly touch on women's basketball. It's that time of year. Of course, the ladies uh, – you know, win on Monday, and uh, as our Robbie Falk explained, it was kind of a, wasn't really a tussle, but it was kind of sloppy at times. You expect that in game one. You do. I mean, you know, the newly renovated hump, everybody can't wait to get out there and play. Uh, but the ladies win going away 77-42. to 42. It's always nice. Nice to, to christen uh, the newly renovated Humphrey Coliseum with a victory. That's always great. And uh, I'm a big fan of Sam Purcell. Great guy, great guy, and doing a great job here at Mississippi State. Uh, so look at the box score here real quickly as we kind of move ahead. Uh, it's interesting, the box score is incomplete. There we go. All right, Jaquelia Jordan, really big night for her 
in 28 minutes of action. Uh, 13 rebounds for her, 26 points. Nice double-double action. Also had six steals. You know, four steals tough to get in the ballgame. But uh, uh, put herself in a pretty good situation there to kind of be the leader of this team. Uh, Aaron Barnum, 24 minutes of action, 13 points for her. Jessica Carter with 10 and 27 minutes of action. Four of 10 from the floor. Knocked down a couple free throws. Also 13 rebounds. So all three of your leading scorers posted double-doubles in that ballgame. Uh, Romani Parker, nine rebounds for her and six points. She's a threat, and that's off the bench. But your, your starting five were Ja'Kelia Jordan, Aaron Barnum, Jessica Carter, Lauren Park Lane, and Debrisha Poe. Uh, the ladies will be back in action on Friday uh, as they host Southeastern Louisiana in Humphrey Coliseum. We'll, we'll, we'll mention that a little bit on Friday's show, uh, even though it's going to be mostly about football. And then on Sunday – Jacksonville State. So, again, three times to see your Lady Bulldogs in the first week in Humphrey Coliseum. That's pretty nice, right? That's pretty nice, to say the least. And, of course, uh, you know, your men in action there on on Saturday. So, a lot of activity around the Mississippi State campus. And uh, we'll be on the road uh, watching Texas A&M and Mississippi State play a football game. Robbie will have our men's basketball coverage. So, uh, we're not just going to post the university release. We're actually going to have a story. And, uh, you know, we'll be there to uh, ask questions uh, there in the postgame. So, yeah, exciting debut for some of the new Bulldogs. But uh, we can play better, it appears. We can play better. All right, so we mentioned a little bit about the NIL thing, about this lawsuit, the House versus the NCAA. And I had many people reach out and said, Steve, I'd like to hear more. Other people said, Steve, I'm tired of NIL. And other people said, I thought you explained it pretty well. So I've gotten some more information to kind of explain. I told you guys I was concerned about the precedent set, about what it may mean for future litigation. So what this lawsuit is about is about commerce, using the name, image, and likeness of an amateur athlete for professional commerce, and then they in turn don't share in the proceeds. Now, you know, I've got some strong opinions about this, and um, here's the deal. When, uh, when we take, I'll give you a good example, Nick Vickerson. You remember him, Nick Vickerson? Transferred in here, uh, played at Mississippi State, hit the big home run to walk off Florida in a Super Regional in Game 2 to force a deciding Game 3, a game that we got the lead and just couldn't hold it. We nearly went to Omaha that year. Nick hits a home run. Our Gene Swindoll, and uh, Gene's retired now, but I guess it will always be, you know, Gene will have some uh, correlation with us. But Gene took a picture of the celebration at home, and the next thing you know, we had the, uh, you know, the pictures, super dogs, right, on the billboards. Now, we didn't monetize it. We were just celebrating the accomplishment of our team. And that is a point of pride moment for Nick Vickerson, that his university thought enough of him to put him on a billboard. It's pretty special. It really is. Well, there's you know, no compensation earned from that. I mean, yes, you're, prom- you're promoting your university, but you're not asking for anything in return. That's not really an issue here. What is an issue here is when we and other schools around the country, this is not a Mississippi State-specific lawsuit, even though we are a party to this because we're a member of the Power Five and a member of the NCAA. Um, So every time, let's say, for example, we took a video of Dak Prescott scoring a touchdown, and we use that as part of our ticket fundraising 
Uh, our promotion of the university, encouraging you to give your Bulldog Duke club dues, whatever. Anytime we did that, anytime that we attach monetization to that, they're saying that is a violation. Not NCAA, but they're saying that it is uh, sets up an incident where that player deserves compensation because the university used their image to gather funds. Does that make sense? And so... This particular class from 2016-18, a lot of this is with the explosion of social media and how universities kind of embraced that and made that a big part of their, uh, the arm of their fundraising efforts. And it, it reaches a little deeper than that. Let's say the way this lawsuit reads, as I understand it, I'm, there's some attorneys out there that'll correct me if I'm wrong. It's not just DAC that would be entitled to compensation, not that DAC needs the money. But any player that made that moment possible could be considered part of this class action. Does that make sense? Yeah, so even though that maybe, you know, Rufus Warren is not in the video himself that we used, if Rufus is on the field and, and, and made a block that opened the hole for Dak to run through, then, you know, his image is also used. And so it is a bit of a complicated matter. Uh, I'm also told that it'll be at least three years before this matter is settled. But it is something that kind of hangs like an elephant in the corner of the room, right? And I hate to use that analogy, but that's it, it's something that's going to be there because of the potential financial issues involved. I'm told this could cost Mississippi State of upwards of $60 million. $60 million. As I shared... You get ready to do, you know, facility enhancements and things of that nature. Where's that money going to come from, right? Uh, so that's something you have to consider. Now, because of the fact that's three to four to five years down the road, obviously that has no impact on any decisions you may make today. You got to be judicious with your money and be a good steward of your money. But you got to think about that. You know, we talk about we've got a pretty good rainy day fund, but. Uh, you know, if, if it becomes a situation like that, that could be backbreaking. Now, I'm also told that the NCAA and the SEC has already hired attorneys basically as a mediation team. Because initially, you know, of course, this lawsuit's against the NCAA and then the Power Five conferences. And, of course, you know, we're in the next tier, which means we got to write checks. And so they're trying to mitigate this. Of course, now they've been granted class action status. The trial hasn't happened yet but a lot of people expect that it will. And as I mentioned on Wednesday's show, it could be an, an award of over $4 billion. Now, let's say you take, you know, Johnny Q. Bulldog that uh, played football at Mississippi State. Well, John Q. Bulldog may love Mississippi State. He may come and tailgate with us and tailgate responsibly and not have elevated amplified music, but I digress. But now all of a sudden, he's like, hey, he's gotten in his career. Maybe he's making, I don't know, $50,000, $60,000 a year. Yeah, I don't know. And now he's a father. Got a growing family. Maybe things are a little bit tight every once in a while. Now all of a sudden, some enterprising lawyer reaches out and says, hey, you know, you are entitled to compensation because of the fact that Mississippi State used this video in a game in which you played, and you played a part in this moment. So we need you to just sign a piece of paper and uh, no, you're not suing Mississippi State. You're suing NCAA, not knowing that the money's going to come from Mississippi State. 
Uh, and so it could put some people at odds, right? And I think there are a lot of people out there, that's how they'll, they'll, they'll spell it out here. The NCAA didn't provide you the opportunity to earn compensation with your name, image, and likeness, and you deserve that. So sign this piece of paper, and we'll take it from here. And so I think that is something that's got to be figured out as we kind of move forward. You know, I, I get those notices all the time. Did you get the one from Flow Sports, everybody that watched uh, baseball here a while back? Um, you know, you get that email, and it's like, hey, you are a part of a class action suit because you used this uh, Flow Sports thing, and there was an issue with the subscriptions. And so uh, they, need you, they, need, they need to give you some money. And so it's very simple. The email just shows up, and all you got to do is, like, click a button and then put in your name, address, and phone number, and you're part of a class action suit. And that's how this thing is going to go with this House versus NCAA case, is they're just going to go out and contact these people, and that's how it's going to be billed to them. It's like, hey, all you got to do is fill this out. We'll send you some money. You don't have to do anything. Just join the class. And that's not to say that that's a, you know, an, an unscrupulous process. There are a lot of people out there that are part of class action suits. It should be, you know, because people have acted improperly. And I don't know your opinions on this matter, but – I can assure you there's going to be a lot of people that um, seek compensation from this that ultimately will come from the university not knowing that. So it's a very complicated deal. It's very important that we understand the potential financial damage this could do to Mississippi State. And so, again, this in many respects really has nothing to do with NIL per se. It's just a fact that the NIL legislation kind of opened up the, the loophole for them to kind of dart through here and uh, get a pretty significant judgment. Now, I, I think in many respects, this is probably the end of the NCAA. I think it bankrupts the NCAA when it's all said and done. And so if you're looking for an exit strategy, let's say you're the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12, and you're saying, you know what, we just want to be part of our own conference and uh, are part of our own league, so this provides, I think, the impetus to do so. The, for years, all we've heard is, you know, death to the NCAA, and NCAA, this is going to be the end of the NCAA. And um, I think this is a situation where there is some truth to some of that. I think that's why it's in the NCAA's best interest to broker the best deal they can possibly make for themselves, because I think their very existence is dependent on this case. Now, I don't think that's hyperbole either. I think when you look how significant that is, I mean, it doesn't matter how many NCAA basketball tournaments you have. And that's a big chunk of change. I mean, that's really what the NCAA is funded by is the NCAA men's tournament. I mean, just, just about everything else costs money. Everything else is a debit. That's a huge credit. Well, now all of a sudden you put this tournament together and uh, you got to give away all this money. And, of course, it all just kind of, you know, works up to, you know, it's, it's one of those things that uh, it's pretty crazy. It'll be interesting to see how things unfold. And um, we'll keep you abreast as we hear things. Again, we're not going to make this a, a weekly segment or even a daily segment or even monthly segment. But as things develop, I'll let you know. But this, again, this is a huge, huge deal for college athletics. And I firmly believe this is the end of college athletics as we know it. I think what we will have five years from now will be nothing like what we have today, period. Uh, also, about recruiting, we mentioned, uh, you know, Braylon Burnside, Stanka from Starville. We love that guy. Great player. Uh, decommitted from Mississippi State. Uh, listen, 
we're not putting a quality product on the field. And there are a lot of people in these kids' ears. And uh, I expect there to be some drama down the stretch. And that's one thing, you know, talking to your longtime staffers at State, you know, they'll always tell you, you know, we, we got to win some ball games. You know, the, the main thing that you want to be able to sell recruits are is like, hey, you know, we're almost there. We need you to get us over the hump. But when you go out there and you – you can't move the football. And let's be honest. And, and let's just take our maroon glasses off for a second. If you were a wide receiver and you watched Mississippi State play football in each of the last three games, would you be excited about being a part of that offense? I would say no. And, and listen, we can all say, yeah, but Steve, you know, we, we listen, we don't have Will Rogers and we don't have Woody Marks. And both of those things are true. However, we were running the football a whole lot more when those guys were in. And now we're having to run with a quarterback. And so, you know, you got to think if you're a wide receiver, the passing opportunities are going to be a lot more limited with this team. So while you don't like it, you kind of understand it. And, uh, you know, State's got to take some steps to get to change the perception of this program. It's clear. I mean, you got to win games. You got to win games or you got to make a change. Simple as that. You know, things have to change. You can't continue to go on the same path you're on and expect results to get better. And listen, there's a lot of things that have happened this year. There's a lot of things that are unfair that have happened. You know, injuries are part of the game of football, and it's your job as a coach to ensure that your roster is stocked well enough to be able to absorb some of those. Now, this situation with Mississippi State, pretty unique situation, right? I mean, because you had, you know, Sawyer Robertson and Braden Locke that came here to play for Mike Leach. Well, then, you know, Mike Leach has his untimely passing, and we get ready. They were gone immediately, right? They didn't just come to Mississippi State because they loved Mississippi State. And today it'd be great to go play at Mississippi State and hear those cowbells ring. That was an added bonus. The drawing card was Mike Leach. And so you had some attrition in the offseason. It's very unique. It's not really an indictment on your staff or an indictment on your future offense. It's just, say, hey, this is what I want to do, and now the architect of what I want to do is no longer there i got to go somewhere else. That's not anybody's fault. But we're the ones picking up a tab on it, right? Do you think that maybe – I mean, just think for a second here. If Braden Locke – if Braden Locke uh, was uh, at Mississippi State this year, or even Sawyer Robertson, I like Locke a little bit more. Do you think if you had those one of those two guys this year that maybe um, maybe you beat Auburn? Or maybe you beat Kentucky. You know, things would be a little different. And so we're, de- we're still kind of dealing with the fallout of Coach Leach's passing. We are. And that's not offering that as an excuse. I'm just trying to provide a bit of an explanation here. But let's rest assured with this. And our final thought today, nobody associated with Mississippi State football is pleased with the product on the field. None of us. And nobody should be. And to suggest that somebody is wrong to be vocal about that, I, I think is short-sighted. We love Mississippi State football. We look forward to this time of year all year long. And I go back to the talking points of the preseason. We had most veteran roster in the SEC, eight home games, very favorable road matchups, This should have been a very good year for Mississippi State. And it's not just about injuries, and it's not just about roster attrition. You know, when we don't know how to line up 
That's got nothing to do with Woody Marks being injured. When we have nine guys on the field on a fourth and one play, that's got nothing to do with Will Rogers hurting the shoulder. You know, there is just a bit of a disorganization and dysfunction right now with this football program. That's got to be corrected. It has to be corrected. We have to take care of football first. As I had a source tell me yesterday, we got to take care of football first because football takes care of everything else. You can't just sit back and just let this thing dip into oblivion. It's just how it is. Things have to change. Simple as that. There has to be some measure of change uh, with this program. Now, if we go to Texas A&M and all of a sudden, let's say Chris Parson goes down there and earns a win, and then you beat Southern Miss next week, and you're like, hey, we're 6-5 and five with the Egg Bowl, and all of a sudden we got a little juice with the kid behind center. That would be a positive change. You know, maybe Will Rogers comes back. I don't expect it this week, and I don't know that it's going to be at all, to be honest with you. I can't say for sure. They, they've told us all along he'll be back at some point. I don't know that I believe it. We'll see. But let's say Will Rogers shows up uh, next week and uh, beats Southern Miss and then uh, is able to muster it up and get a victory over Ole Miss, and all of a sudden, hey, you know, you got, you know, you're six and six, but you win the last two and you got a little juice. You know, is that going to be enough? I don't know. I just know this. I know that Mississippi State football in its current form is not acceptable. So the people involved with leadership of Mississippi State football have to change that, period. That's going to do it for today. We'll see you next time. And until that time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.